I'm always excited that Isaiah shows up so prominently in these Advent texts. I think the words are beautiful, they're poetry, they're evocative. I love giving you the kind of gritty details of what was written when by who. This is not as clear. Was it written post-exile, during exile, before the exile? We're not sure. We're not sure exactly even if Isaiah penned it, but somebody in Isaiah's name did. But what we are sure of is that it's good news on its own. It's not if then, like we read in chapter 58 a few weeks ago, if you fix the world, your prayers will be answered, or if you do as I say, your light will rise like a dawn. This is just straight up good news, a prescription, a description of what's going to happen, what God promises to happen, what we can expect to happen, what we can count on happening. Actually, no matter what we do, is the coming of God's reign on earth no matter what. <laughs> and to me, in these days, that's excellent news because it's a hot mess out here. There's enough lists of bad things happening to break our hearts, rising oceans, melting ice caps, poorest people living in the poorest places on the worst ecological disasters in the worst possible food deserts. All you have to do to get shot dead is for someone to have a gun. It could be that you open an elevator door and let the ladies go in ahead of you, and you might not get to go home and say hi to your kids. It's a hot mess. Where's the... Where? <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you want to be a werewolf or a what was that, vampire? Um, I, I don't know. Um, it's a little crazy town in the public square, is what I think I want to say. And, and, and it's not new, right? It isn't new that humans are mean to each other. It isn't new that we'll use up the resources. It isn't new that we value wealth sometimes over relationship, right? It's not new news. But it's heartbreaking news. It's, it's hard to digest news. It makes you turn your phone off kind of news every day. It's walk away from Fox, MSNBC, CNN, who, PBS, maybe, I don't know. Just don't you want to put your head down and take a nap kind of news for me. It's that kind of news. And on, on top of that or underneath that or around that is just our day-to-day -day stuff, like sitting in churches with masks on. I'm allergic to my mask, but I have to wear it because I'm more allergic to you. Ha-ha. <laughs> We don't know how to be right now with all of the germs floating and the diseases floating and us wanting to get free but keep each other safe, right? And work is hard. And most of us have less people at the job. And so we have less Sabbath. And we have less money, right? And our money doesn't go as far because the economy sucks. Are you feeling me? Yeah. That's not new news. It's just today's news. And into that cacophony of woes comes Isaiah saying there's going to be a time because God said so when there's going to be a just ruler a, a phenomenal ruler a loving righteous ruler that's going to come from the seed of Jesse Jesse was David's father David the king's father is Jesse David the shepherd boy turned king's father somebody from that Davidic reign Isaiah is saying is going to rise up, rise up, and rule the world with love. Like, be, be, be a king, be a prince, be a queen, be a lady king. I don't know. 
but, but run, the, run the world with love. And, you know, Isaiah doesn't say it's Jesus. That's our reading, Christians, right? Could have been Hezekiah, could have been Josiah, this real kings. Maybe Isaiah thought it would be one of those real dudes. But there's this promise that's coming out of the mouth of the prophet about God's intention for the world that at some point, maybe it's going to be Gloria Tate, I don't know, but at some point, God is going to put in place um, leaders that will guide the planet and love will rule the stars. (laughs) It'll be the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Come with me. (laughs) Isaiah's confident in God. Maybe Isaiah got disappointed because those two real kings didn't get it done. They didn't. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe we're disappointed. But Isaiah's confidence is in God's intention, kind of reminding us of the Genesis creation story where there's an Eden-like paradise and all is well and everybody gets along and all the, all the creatures are beautiful. This is what Isaiah sees happening, that first it happens in the socio-political place, in the politics, Right? The the, the actual systems don't any longer oppress. The actual leaders don't any longer lie, steal, (laughs) break the rules. The actual court doesn't any longer try to impose a white Christian hegemonic agenda on the world. Do you know, actually the real politics is what Isaiah is saying. And then with that comes the other half of the scripture, where now, because the politic is better, because the Systems are no longer oppressive. The creatures, the creation, responds in goodness and love. Like, they are reordered. They are changed. No longer does the predator eat the prey. Lions and tigers and bears kick it with lambs and sheep and cows, is what I'm trying to say. It's just a whole reordering of what it means to coexist for all of the creation, animals and humans alike. Now, some of the exegetes try to say, but he didn't say birds, and so maybe they're left out. <laughs> come, 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 real people. <laughs> it's all a metaphor, right? Like, and the, but the eagles can still be mean, you know? That's not, that's not what's happening here. But what's happening is a metaphor of the whole created order becoming the peaceable kingdom, is what it's been called. There's a famous Quaker who painted that picture. Have you seen that picture with the big-eyed tigers and bears and all the, in the front? And over here in the corner are the Puritans dealing with the Lenape. I almost asked Jeff to show you that today, but then I looked at that picture again. I was like, they're trying to nice up this treaty thing. I can't put it up, right? <laughs> but kingdom of animals and kingdom of humans, all having their act together, is a promise. So... We haven't seen it fully realized. And I'm wanting to talk about glimpses of it. The sumsa, the teeny tiny places where the reign of God breaks in that gives me hope. I have a couple of examples. Are you ready? One is my dad. He's 88 years old. And if you read my book, which you should, my dad is a character, like where characters are welcome, my dad is one. Right? He's a character. Beautiful personality, outgoing, effervescent man who also has the temper of a lion. And that was a hard thing to grow up with. I was just in Chicago for a few days with my family. 
with my dad. And the lion is now a lamb. The lion is sweet. The lion is gentle and kind and soft and spent time with each of his kids, sort of giving us space to get ready to get ready because he's not feeling well. He like took the time to listen to each of our stuff and our stories and let us kind of throw things at him. And then remember that time, dad, you, what, that hurt my feelings? We were all like, take turns, boom. Whose turn is next? Who got something? He's like, bring it. Bring your stuff, kids. Because I'm your daddy, he says. I'm your daddy, he tells us. And your daddy wants you to be okay. Like the way Isaiah hints that there's going to be a transformation, a change, my daddy is a changed dude. He's Placido Domingo all day long. And I don't know exactly why. Is it because he's looking at his end of his life? Is it because when mom died, we needed a mom and a dad? Uh, what, did I used to, what did I tell you all that is? An abun, a, a father with a womb? Did we need a father with a womb? Did we need a loving person inside the tough exterior? I don't know. Or, or is God at work? Shifting, changing, massaging. Example one. Example two. Moi. I've just been really reflective lately about me and my rough spots. I know you don't think I have any. <laughs> but I've been really reflective lately about me and my rough spots and the way that I'm a system. I'm doing I, so you'll do you, right? I'm a system. I'm my mother inside here. Sweet potato pie making sweetie pie. I'm my dad in here. Daddy's in here. Please don't push me way over the edge, because I will, I, I will hurt your feelings. Right? <laughs> I'm, I'm my grandmother in here. Stamina to pick cotton all day long and keep it moving, right? I'm a whole system, do you feel me? I'm, my, I'm Mrs. Gardner, my sixth grade teacher, who saw me that I was smart, and I'm Mr. Smith, my fourth grade teacher, who told me I could sing. I, I, I'm a system, and so are you. And inside the system, there can be enmity. There's some lions in here, some bears in here, some tigers in here, some lambs in here, some frightened chickens in here. Like, there's a system in here, and the system inside me can cause me to not be the peacemaker, but be the enmity maker if I'm not interrogating my system. If we're not interrogating our systems, we can be causing violence, not like, not like so-and-so, not like make a list, but we have our own stuff that we can be excreting, extroverting, putting in the world that is not about peace because we are in a peace in here. Who knows what I'm talking about? The political systems, we're going to do our part about fixing them, right? When we go to the polls, when we do 
when we share the stories, when we're political the way we are, when we live what we say we want to live, when we spend our money the way that our values, you know, when we hire the way that, when we do our values, we're doing politics, and that helps get to the first part of the text where the world is at peace, because the politic is better, right? That's one part of it. This other part where God's going to, and someday that we don't understand, make the lions not enjoy deer meat? I don't know. That's what it seems like it's saying. Cool. That's God. Our job is to get inside ourselves and make a difference in here. Now, y'all know I'm like, let's go in the streets and do justice. But I want us to spend some time this year doing this interior work. I'm inviting you to come on that journey with me, where we, balcony can't see me, where we interrogate our own stuff, take time, spend time, look at it, figure it out, analyze it, you know, what's the story that got me here? How am I going to make this better? What's going on with that? Why does that particular person make me want to knock somebody down? Because maybe they're like me. I mean, could we do a little interior work? as we go along this pilgrim's journey, so that we are not accidentally putting fuel on the fire that is raging and burning down the world, hatred and enmity and isms, and, right? But we just are inside ourselves where we're at war with our own stuff, doing a better job of owning it, naming it, telling the truth on it, being fiercely loving of it, ask for forgiveness, make amends, do the work to be a good human, on the planet that helps make peace. It's easier when the world is on fire to let that stick itself in us. And suddenly, in ways that we're not proud of, we just won't be kind. We'll be impatient, we're prickly, we're stank. You know what I mean. Or we take a breath. We think about what we're writing, what we're saying, what we would like to have a do-over about, where we need to really make amends, and really try to take in something about changing ourselves. I call the title of the sermon today, God has changed, because I'm living with Octavia Butler, right? I'm living with Octavia Butler, and I'm living with Lauren Olamini and her whole theological worldview. Yes! Woohoo! God has changed. If I'm honest, this text in Isaiah kind of contradicts Genesis. Genesis, God says it's good, it's very good, and the people are killing each other and biting each other and whatever. But that, that's what that is. But by the time you get to this Isaiah text, it seems like God doesn't think that's good enough that God wants there to be no more enmity at all. I'm not saying vegetarianism, although it might mean that, but I'm not ready to say that today. Um, <laughs> might mean that. But it does mean like some kind of rewiring, right? Rewiring. And what I'm saying is God has changed. God is changing. That's what, that's what Octavia Butler wants us to think, is God changes. As a psychologist, I would say God stays the same, but we change about how we see God. And that's our job, right? Little us gets to see boogeyman, God, and angels, right? Little person gets to see God's the mean super parent that'll beat you behind if you don't do the right thing. And, and you grow up and you're thinking, maybe not. 
Our job is to let God change, is what I'm trying to say. Our, God is to, our job is to let God change in our holy imagination. So when we think of who we are like God, we're changing in our holy imagination too. Did you stay with me there? The image of God that we create that's born of our stuff, that means some be. I don't want to work for him because he's a him. <laughs> but, but the God who is the, wants us to know them is happy for us to recreate them along with them, to be in process with them. Are you here? Is it, I, I'm pushing you in another place to say there's not like some static big person in the sky. There's a relationship. And that relationship wants to be in relationship and wants to draw us in and rough us up and smooth us out and in the dynamic be changed as well. Be changed as well. Let's create ourselves in the image of the love that we imagine that can heal the world. And let's do the interior work that unblocks our ability to see each other as part of the process of goodness making. I want to take you on a trip this year. A heal the world trip, but a heal the soul trip. A heal the soul trip. So we can really be okay. Are you ready? Let peace begin with me. Let peace begin with me. Let peace begin. Amen. Amen.